Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 103.1 FM, 910-980-1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also get us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. So check it out, download it, listen when you want to listen. It's a great uh, alternative to uh, listen to it live if you can, if you're at work, if you're in a bad zone area where you can't get your internet on your phone while you're driving. It's always good to download it and listen when you want to listen and don't have to worry about those connection issues. It's... um, 410 here at the station. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Lorraine from Hazleton on September 11th. Lorraine, how are you? Hi, Daniel. How are you? Good. C- can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Okay, you sound uh, faint. I sound faint. Yes. All right, I'm sure Jake will take care of that. Do I sound better now? No. No? Okay. But, uh, I, uh, I'll still say... Are you there? I'm here. Okay. I wanted to tell you, God bless you, and thank you for putting your life on the line during 9-11 and after 9-11. Well, I appreciate that, Lorraine. It was was my job and duty. It's what I signed up to do, and unfortunately uh, had to do it on more than one occasion. But I I appreciate your your, uh, acknowledgement of that. Well, it should be said... It's the right thing to do, and I just wanted to have another comment. I mean, all the poor souls that lost their lives that day, but I always hold a special place in my heart for the ones in Shanksville for ha- ha- trying to save that plane. Well, they they saved the White House, but I always have a special place in my heart for them. Uh, as do I. Those were ordinary citizens that did yeah. extraordinary things. And, That's uh, right. I, like I said, we were trained to do that. I've, you know, we we've had those situations in New York before. It's it's not something. It it was uh, it was surreal, but it was not something we were not trained for. Where you know yeah. the, the people on on the Shanksville flight 93, um, you know, just stepped up to the plate and and followed their instincts and, yeah. and their American intuition to not but, be victims. They're your unsung heroes. There you go. But they're, but they're not gone unnoticed. No, no, not at all. I, uh, like I've said, I've been out there several times since living here in Pennsylvania to honor their memorial. Yeah. And, and I encourage, if you live in Pennsylvania, if you're in the tri-state area, if you're anywhere, if you're just traveling from anywhere in the nation, uh, you should go there and visit it. It's, it's come a long way to a grass yeah. field with, yeah. with two bells and a stand to what it is today. Yeah, because am I right or wrong? Didn't it take an awful long time for them to really create a memorial? It seemed to me that's my opinion. It did. It took it took far too long. But a lot of these things, you know, they need private and matching public donations. And once the government gets involved, once bureaucracies get involved, everything takes longer than it should. Yeah, but I just thought I'd call and give your your just dues. Well, I appreciate that, that, Lorraine, and uh, I'll be here on Monday, and if you want to call in with a nice poem about uh, whatever you want to make it about on September 11th, we can can have that done. It's not about September 11th. It is a poem, but it's called Love While There's Life. That sounds good enough, and we'll listen to that on Monday afternoon, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, Lorraine, you have a great weekend. I'll try. You too. Thank you. Those calls always uh, bring me up, and... 
how are you guys hearing me out there? If you can text in and let me know. I, I think Lorraine had a bad connection there, but uh, I'm coming in my headphones just fine. Everyone here is hearing me just fine. We do have the door open now, though, because it's just getting too hot. Our air conditioning's broke here in the studio, so it gets kind of hot here in the studio. Uh, somebody asked me to say the time of the service on Monday morning at McDade Park. That's 8 o'clock in the morning, the 9-11 Memorial at McDade Park here in Lackawanna County. That'll be 8 o'clock in the morning. It should last 45 minutes to an hour from what I'm told. Uh, I saw this in a local paper the other day, and I wanted to say it, where the University of Scranton Health Clinic for uninsured Lackawanna County residents will reopen with additional services through a partnership with Geisinger uh, Commonwealth School of Medicine. The school's president signed an agreement Wednesday that not only will help patients, but provide needed real-world experience for both schools for both school students. I'm delighted today that we have announced a partnership that will care for most of our vulnerable here in Scranton and make better health easier for them by providing a place where people can come for care, said Julie Byerly, MD, president of the Geisinger College of Health Sciences and dean of medical college. This is a great idea, and I think this needs to be expanded more. And, and I'll tell you what I mean. If you look at the college sports issue, where college players can now be paid for their likeness. They could be paid for their endorsements. They could be paid for um, uh, many, a lot of things. This is on top of getting a full scholarship to school and all the other perks that a Division One or Division Two student athlete gets. When it comes to the medical field, though, nursing, doctor, you know, pre-med, pharmacy, uh, physical therapy, for all those things, my, my daughter's in her fourth year of college. It's pretty much her entire year this year is clinicals, where she's working for free at area hospitals out by where her college is. She rotates between four, five, six different hospitals, depending on where her clinical rotations take her. They're in a psych ward, uh, you know, for a week or two. Then they're in a, a pediatrician ward for you know a week or two. They're in a, a birthing ward for a week or two. And, and they jump around an emergency room, different floors, and, and they do those things. Now, I'm not up to speed on the agreement that these hospitals, some of them for-profit, some of them non-for-profit hospitals, but we all know what hospitals cost us as the, as the person, if you're insured or not. So these nursing students in their final year, these pharmacy students, all these students that have to do these clinical rotations through this year. And again, that's the majority of her year this year. She really doesn't have many classes at all. Her classes are all done. It's the clinical rotation before she graduates and takes her NCLEX. And this goes for all medical fields, radiology, everything. Why are we having these students, and, and I'm not saying my daughter should be paid, but if, if a football player or a student Division One athlete is getting paid, for the things they do, then why shouldn't our medical students, why shouldn't our teaching teaching interns who go and, and intern as teachers in the local school districts, because that's part of their, their curriculum as well. Well, these school districts, these hospitals, get this free workforce that has to do clinicals. It's not like you can opt out of it. You have to do it. So why are we supplementing hospitals that are making money with this kind of staffing? Why aren't we creating these clinics 
that will help the less fortunate in our communities, like they just signed in here in Scranton. Why isn't this the national norm when it comes to things like this? When it comes to teachers, when it comes to all these issues, why are we letting these entities get free workforces? Why are we not having these these people who are just close to the graduation and most of them in their senior year of college just working for free in clinicals where a hospital gets to have their staff and all these issues with that? Why isn't there a more thought-out process where something like this could be the norm, like I just discussed in Scranton, where they could be staffing um, for teachers. They could be staffing tutoring programs for our less fortunate, for our inner cities, for underperforming school districts, where if you have your big teaching colleges around, I mean, here here in our area, there's a large, uh, you know, college area. We're in college towns, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, College towns, why aren't we finding our least performing school districts and having these teachers who need to intern instead of sitting in class wherever they can get an internship, you know, having these free tutoring services, teaching classes as extra help for students who are falling behind, where they could do more of a one-on-one cooperation like that, where they can have nurses who are in their final year of clinicals you know, do something like this where I understand they have to rotate through the different departments and, and get such like that. We'll work that into, okay, we have our nursing interns on these days. These are days we can take people without insurance and they won't be charged. I just think there's a better plan than what we are doing rather than giving big hospitals free staff in interns, giving school districts you know, a second teacher in a classroom to, to, to shadow the teacher that's already in there. Uh, yes, they get some experience. Yes, they do the hands-on things. I, I know the nursing students in there, they're pretty much left to do, you know, everything that a nurse does. It lightens the loads for those nurses. I, I get that. There's just a better plan out there. And and what's your thoughts on it, Someone who uh, someone who might know a little more? about it. Someone who was in the medical field out there, I know, I, I'm sure you have nursing interns coming through your your place. Is there a better plan that they could be learning for, where they could be supplementing these community health programs um, and, and doing things such as that? It's going to be an interesting twist, but I, I don't think it's something I've heard looked at. And again, you have the student-athletes who... Uh, who pretty much have a lot hand yes and believe me i get i'm not i'm not putting down student athletes you're it's been proven you're a better student if you're involved in extracurricular activities i am a proponent of all extracurricular activities be it sports be it art be it music going through high school and into sports and if you're good enough to play a division 1 or division 2 sports that's great thing and you should be recognized for that but to say that if you're a Division One football player or baseball player or soccer player or swimmer, you can get endorsements and make money. But if you're a really great nursing student or a really great pre-med doctor or you're a really great pharmacist or physical therapist or occupational therapist, well, you just have to work for free for your final year of school and hopefully get a job when you get out and move on. I just think there could be a more beneficial 
plan thought out if the people really wanted to figure that out. So just my two cents as far as that goes from someone who has someone on the inside that just I think it's a waste that these these groups of nursing students are wandering through for-profit hospitals, for not-for-profit hospitals, supplementing their staffing, and no one no one makes out on it in the end. It's uh, 421 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Nikki. <laughs> Doesn't want to stay. It doesn't want to stay. I, I don't know. We'll see if it works okay. This traffic update is brought to you by Penn Data Internet. 81 northbound music to Scranton. That is dipping below 40 miles per hour. Most of our problems, though, with slowing are southbound. You have that construction Clark, uh, Waverly to Clark Summit that causes you to crawl just a bit. And then heavy congestion causing some issues between the Scranton area and Pittston. And even into the Wilkesbury area, uh, you may be dipping under 35 miles per hour. That's on 81. Bumper-to-bumper traffic is heading up that hill, Route 6 and 11 in Clark Summit. And on South Blakely and North Blakely Street in Dunmore. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast for meteorologist John Hickey. Today, warm and humid with afternoon showers and storms, high 85. Tonight, warm and humid, storms ending, low 68. Saturday afternoon, showers and storms possible, high of 83. Saturday night, showers ending, warm and humid, low 67. Sunday afternoon, showers and storms possible, high 79. It's currently 79 degrees and partly cloudy here in Pittston at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Forgot uh, where I was. I'm just looking through some of the text messages that I'm got. And you can call or text at 570-883-0098. Um, there's a mixed bag about what people are It's a mixed bag of what we can uh, see here. Yeah, you know, I got all the car- uh, some of the cartoon characters out there. When I asked about the sound of the microphone, somebody said, uh, "Rob, you sound fine," and somebody else, "It's a shame, but we can hear you fine." LOL. Wise guys. Um, somebody said, "I I agree with you. Not only are they not getting paid for the hours that they are working at these institutions, but the students are paying the university. Yeah, yeah, pretty much they're paying the university uh, hefty tuition to go work for free in a hospital. And I'm not saying, and somebody else said, you know, the difference between sports and nursing, that, you know, nursing interns have never worked in a hospital. They need that experience. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying that there should be a better plan to where it could be, help the communities more than they help. You know, the same person said that, uh, you know, the, the sports, D1 and D2 sports are making tens of millions of dollars for the university. The medical apprentices are making no money for the hospitals. Well, that's not necessarily true because uh, the hospitals, especially local hospitals here, did need less um less nurses when they had their interns on. They needed uh, what's the step under a registered RN uh, practical nurse? LPN? They needed less LPNs when they had nursing interns on. So uh, yes, it did save them money when they're there. 
it's not like they just uh, increased the staff. You know how hospitals work. They decreased what they, the minimum they needed because they knew they had these interns there that would do a lot of the LPN and nursing assistant jobs. So what do they do? They bring in less nursing assistants and less LPNs when they have nursing interns in to work under the nurses. Um, you know, just And I'm not saying they should be paid either. I'm just saying that if you can come to a conglomerate like they just did in Scranton, where the nursing students and the medical students are going to perform free clinics for people who don't have insurance, who are underprivileged, who are underserved as far as medical uh, clinics go, that should be the norm. And obviously you have to rotate them through the different departments, and that should be factored in, where if you have X amount of radiology interns, X amount of pharmacy interns, if you have X amount of nursing interns, pre-med interns, you know, work it into those departments to where they can serve the underserved when they're there, if they're going to be there anyway. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. So I, I don't want to come across like, hey, they, they should be paid. No, I'm saying in comparison to the sports players who are allowed to be played, paid, you know, why is there that difference there simply because it's sports and such like that? And yes, you're right. They do make a lot of money for the university. Sports, Division One sports, for the most part, some sports. Some other sports cost the universities money, and, and that's simple as that. Same thing when it comes to high school sports. I mean, for the most part, outside of other extenuating circumstances where you might have a, a fantastic program in different sports. Football is normally the only moneymaker for any school as far as high school goes. Um, and again, that's not by moneymaker, I'm not saying by all means is it something that's crazy. It just at least breaks even where other things uh, other things most most of the time do not. And that goes to college sports too. There are certain sports that cost universities money. But they have to have because of Title IX, which who knows the status of what that's going to be in in a little while because we won't know. It's uh, 431 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show. That's a song called Stand by Nate Hosey. He just played at the Wyoming Valley Fair. If you were up there, hopefully you caught him. was uh, kind enough to let us use the song for this part where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 86 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, and five of them are from here in Pennsylvania. Officer John A. Aiello, Hamburg Borough Police Department in 2000, suffered a heart attack while making an arrest at the 300 block of State Street in Hamburg. Deputy Sheriff Harry D. Siegfried, Lehigh County Sheriff's Office in 1926, as well as Sheriff Mark Sensenbach, were shot and killed in uh, Weisenberg Township while attempting to arrest a man for failing to pay a $2 fine for not sending his children to school. Patrolman Louis Henry Hafnagel, Crafton Borough Police Department in 1919 was shot and killed after responding to a burglary call at a home in Sterrett Place at 2 a.m. in Crafton Township. Patrolman John L. Wilson of the Homestead Borough Police Department in Pennsylvania in 1918 was shot and killed while attempting to arrest a man for trespassing inside a home at 335 6th Avenue. And those are the five from our area here in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, as we come 
up to this this weekend and September 11th. And unfortunately, because of the amount of names that there are for Monday, um, I may or may not list them all. A, because a couple of were friends are mine, but Monday uh, will be the deadliest day in history for law enforcement on 9-11. And what's what's tragic about not only the first responders, but the, the total deaths as a whole, more have died since 9-11 due to the exposure to the chemicals and everything else that we were exposed to than died on 9-11 itself. And that's something we truly need to keep talking about because, um, you know, I, I deal with health concerns. I have friends that I work side by side with that are passing literally left and right. And, uh, you know, every time you get the notification or get the name of or that phone call that someone you work side by side with has passed because of, uh, you know, some type of cancer they got or some type of lung ailment that they've received, it's... Uh, it's gut-wrenching. It just twists your, your stomach because it's something that you live with over your head all the time. If you have a pain in your side, if you have a mark on your skin, if, if a birthmark starts to change or, or you know, a freckle starts to darken, you, know, you, you literally have to think the worst to go get it checked out because if you don't and you don't take it seriously, um, bad things happen. And at this point, I'm in a different transition in life. Um, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm looking forward to seeing what my next 20 years look like, where up until, you know, the past couple of months ago or last year, I was very content with the life I lived. And if something happened, if it just was done, I was fine with that. I was content with that. It's not something I, I find it interesting to see these movies where the the, the tidal wave is coming or the comet's coming and everybody's running in the other direction like they're really going to save themselves or something like that, where I'm just one of those people where I would just sit there with my loved ones and hug them. And, you know, there's not much you can do at that point. That's how I want to go out, not running and out of breath and tired. So, you know, those are the those are the things I look at things. And up until recently, I was very content with the life I lived and said, hey, you know, if something happens today, I'm fine with that. Um, not so much now. You know, as my kids get older and I look forward to seeing the next part of their life, their adult life, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should start taking better care of myself. I may want to stick around a little bit. So that's that's where I'm kind of at now. Are you saying when your kids were younger, they drove you crazy? So no. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just no, they were. I went from them, that way. from the, when they were grown. Okay, yeah, my job know, is done. Hear. They're grown, and oh, okay. uh, you know now. Looking I, forward to that second half of their life. I now. understand that because I usually explain when you know you're told that there's a possibility you're gonna die, which I was told. I really had that trust in God, whichever way He was gonna take it, mm -hmm. you know. And when I, I gave that up to God and I explained this on the air the other day, it was gonna be what it was gonna be, and I had to trust that He was with me. Though as I get older and you know you see friends pass you see loved ones pass you hear of other passings you're like wait hold on i don't think my work my work's done there's yep. so much more i need to do now um but i'm still you know comfortable with whatever happens because we don't have control yeah so you just have to trust through every step it's what's meant to be like i talked about patsy klein this morning yeah when she got on that airplane 
uh, she had said before that, if it's my time, it's my time. She was 31 years old. Um, they told me that uh, Ronnie Van Zant was it, Jake? Yeah, it was one of the Van Zants that got on. We the just air. have all the doors open now. We yell, we yell yeah. across the hall. Yeah, uh, just, <laughs> but it was he got he gets on an airplane and he also said a couple of minutes before he he got on when it's my time it's my time, you know, and that's just you have to be somewhat comfortable that no matter what it's the way it's meant to be. Yeah, I mean there was there's a point especially with survivors guilt and everything else dealing with nine eleven. You know, I'd get mm. on a plane, I'd be like. Let her go down. <laughs> I really don't care at this point. Where that's changed now. It, it's mm-hmm. kind of I've I've morphed into a different where I'm looking forward to seeing that next chapter. Now we now. get to hear your story a little bit, or you're going to be speaking on Monday morning, eight o'clock at McDade Park. Yep, McDade Park. I know I mentioned it at least once today. Yeah, I meant to mention it more, but you know, the show got away from me. It does, but I wanted that to happens. make sure. Plus, it's hot in here, so I don't know how you remember anything. And well, this is true too. <laughs> it's a, all right. So Monday this morning, isn't McDade fixed by Park. Monday. We're going on strike. Just letting you know out there. Wait, when, wait we need the union to come. Shh, wait, well, we need a union <laughs> to go. Not I just mention won't, union. I just won't come in the building. <laughs> I don't need a union to tell me to uh, do that. Jake, it's you have air conditioning. Best ofs from. Jen, no. <laughs> Jake, I'll do the par. I'll do it from the parking lot. Give me a remote. No, you won't. It's hotter out there. It's hotter. And it, it is hot. I'm, I'm breaking truck. a sweat today. They told me if I got into radio, I wouldn't have to break a sweat, and here I am sweating. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. That's the lazy side of Nikki. Well, we'll give you people some useful information now. It's time for traffic and weather. Oh, yeah, this is very useful at the moment. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. A wreck on Bernie Avenue near Garrity's is going to hold you up quite a bit. You might want to uh, avoid Bernie Avenue. 80 in both directions have been has been affected in the Tannersville area by a wreck. And we do have some slowing 81 southbound through the Scranton area. And, of course, that... Cl- that Construction from Waverly to Clark Summit, 81 southbound, is slowing you down. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. It's time for the Storm Tracker 16 forecast with meteorologist John Hickey. Tonight, warm and humid, storms ending low 68. Saturday afternoon, storms and showers possible, high 83. Saturday night, showers ending, warm and humid, low 67. Sunday afternoon, showers and storms possible, high 79. It's currently 79 degrees and partly cloudy here at the station in Pittston. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Linda from Wilkesbury on 911. Linda, how are you today? Hello. Yes. Hi, Linda. Oh, hi, Rob. I can hardly hear you. I'm sorry for that. We're trying to, real low. Trying to work it's on real that. Low. Can you hear me now? Yeah, much better. Thank okay. you. Um, yeah, um, God bless all the people who were involved in uh, the 911, everybody, living and deceased, and also who's still suffering. However, you know, I always had a question when this incident did occur. And uh, my husband was in the military, uh, retired Army, and I always wondered about this. When the first plane on 911 hit the Twin Towers in New York prior to doing so, were the U.S. fighter jets scrambled when 
That particular jet left its flight path. It's a routine flight path where the jet scrambled, questioning why that jet left its um, its plan. And if not, when were they scrambled? Was it prior to the second incident headed towards the Pentagon? I always wondered about that. I was wondering if you have any insight into that. I've actually spoken to jet jet pilots who were working that day, who were read afterwards, after the fact, especially because my son's in that community now. Uh, The first jets that came around ground zero, for my personal experience, were several minutes after both buildings were hit. I mean, by several minutes, I'm talking 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Now, growing up next to LaGuardia Airport in New York City, uh, with the flight that's around there, after takeoff, they are given a direction, and it's kind of visual flight rules. There is no, like, they're on radar, but you kind of have the freedom to maneuver uh, uh, around that area. I mean, they have designated paths, um, but it happens so quick for them that, no, I don't think any jets, the closest jets that got scrambled were the ones out in Shanksville. I actually spoke to the farmer that had the farm next to the Flight 93 Memorial when I was out there in 2004, and he said that a fighter jet was over the fields right after the plane went down. So they were able to get there pretty quickly, but like I said earlier, actually in the beginning of the show, most of our jets were on training missions and were not armed. So if anything, they would have had to ram a commercial jet. Uh, for the ones that I know of. I mean, this is, there might be classified things out there that I don't know of, but a lot of the people that I spoke to, that they were on the tarmac, ready to go. They got redesignated to chase down some planes, uh, but they didn't have any weapons on them. So it would have been either a, okay. a, a, a permission to ram a jet tower, or not. When the air traffic controllers in the tower noticed that this jet was going way off of its flight plan, why didn't the tower immediately notify the military that there was something funky going on here? Well, back at that time, there was no direct communication. It had to go through several channels to go from our local flight controllers to there. That, from what I'm told, has been fixed to where there's a more direct line now. And it, at that time, it was not something we were ready for. It's not something that was on their radar to do. I mean, when when after the first... After the first uh, plane hit the tower they were still scrambling to figure out what happened if it was a tragic accident or if it was intentional and then they started piecing information that there was ongoing terrorist activities on multiple planes that's when it went through channels to get to the dod but that that was not a direct there's no just direct red phone that you pick up to contact norad uh, which is where that went through so it had to go through several channels before it get to that i just know at ground zero we're talking about 15 20 minutes um, before the first jets were around the area. And where did they take off from? I don't know. Couldn't, couldn't tell you that. Um, you know, even now, if you look at the, the planes that have strayed off course, we had the one in D.C. a couple months ago. We had the one over near um, in lower Virginia, that plane where the pilots deceased, and it just was on cruise control. It was all over the news about two months ago. Uh, they scrambled fighter jets because it was headed towards the D.C. area. Uh, but still, right. you're, you're talking, you know, several. It, it's not an immediate action, even though those planes. That's why that plane, that plane, that fighter plane broke supersonic and scared half of the, the Central East Coast because uh, the sonic boom that went off 
because it was authorized to go supersonic to get to the uh, issue faster. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, there's a lot of questions that we have. Um, I just don't understand that. I don't understand when that jet left that flight plan that the tower didn't say, hey, hey, hey. Well, going yeah, there? jets leave flight plans uh, quite often. It's not an immediate trigger that happens. I'm sure they're yeah, more cautious about it now, but it, it's they're you know. talking back and forth with the tower, and they don't they don't just do it on their own. They, I, I would imagine. I mean, I'm not anywhere near educated in navigation or anything, but it's just so strange. But I would love to hear you continue to talk about this. Oh, I appreciate and you, Colin. Yeah. We're going to talk a lot about it on Monday. Thank God for everyone who did what they had to do. Yeah. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you very much. Thank you. You too. It's uh, 4.55 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Let me go to the phones now real quick before we have to take a break. We have uh, Joe from Edwardsville on Plain Radars. Joe, I have him in about a minute and a half. Okay, that's plenty of time, Rob. Um, I just want to, and I was uh, listening, and I listened over the, over the Internet, so I could be a call or two behind. But there was a young lady who called you wanting to know why the air traffic controllers didn't immediately call the military when these planes were doing things they weren't supposed to do on air traffic control. And a lot of people think there's some kind of magic going on out there with radar or sonar or whatnot, because we watch TV and we watch movies and all of these things. Are, it's just all, if you take if the radar is only if you can get below radar, as our military well knows, as you know, that's been going on since there were planes. And these people who wanted to learn how to fly planes probably, uh, you know, did some schooling on themselves. So, okay, how can I avoid detection? And that's probably exactly what happened. I mean, air traffic control might have lost someone, but you lose someone when they go around the curve of the earth anyway. And they might have thought, okay, we handed that off to the next, uh, 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 you know, F. And each call, you're talking minutes to figure it out. Joe, we have to go there. I'm up against a break. Appreciate you listening. You go, brother. Have a good weekend. 